This episode is proudly brought to you by Tom Organic, who just launched their bikini cut period briefs, making managing your period way more comfy thanks to their four-layer leak-proof system that uses organic cotton to wick away moisture. I've been thinking heaps lately about how to make my period more sustainable. Like, is the answer biodegradable tampons? Is it weaving reusables into my routine? All of that. And period undies are a great way to go reusable. You just rinse them in cold water, then you machine wash and hang them out to line dry. They've also got flat seams, so they're not going to look lumpy under tights. Mandatory if you're going on a fitness date, except don't ever go on a fitness date. No one needs to see my running face. (laughs) You can pick up Tom Organic's new bikini cut period briefs from www.thetomco.com or Cole Supermarkets. This is Jeans and a Nice Top. A crash course in modern dating with Ash and Mel. Hi, Mel. Hi, Ash. Welcome back, I guess. Hello, (laughs) guys. Welcome back to season three. Welcome back to Mel, to me, to you, to everyone listening. It's been a little while. It has been a few weeks. Um, Nothing's happened because we've been in lockdown in Sydney. So literally... Not one interesting thing has happened to me since we last spoke. (laughs) No, but we are very excited to be back. We've missed hearing from you guys. Well, I mean, we still heard from you a little bit, but we have missed interacting and we've missed recording. Absolutely. It's been like a nice break, I think, particularly in a very difficult time. Um, As most people, I think, would say, this is not a fun lockdown. This is hard. And I think it's hard because... We're all frustrated with the vaccine rollout. Um, you know, it just felt more preventable this time, I suppose. Um, it's also not a novelty anymore, which Melbourne, our Melbourne listeners would already know very well yes. um, all about that. But for us in Sydney, the first one obviously was novelty, just like it was for the rest of the country. And now, you know, it's just really disappointing to miss months of your life because you're locked inside but obviously it's good for everyone else's health and wellness so we'll do it um absolutely ultimate cock block though oh as we will discuss today like covid you be the ultimate cock block you are like the nosy mom who the dude still lives with Yes. And we did touch on that at the end of last season and um, about how much COVID's changed like a lot of stuff. But yes, um, it's a huge cock block. I mean, I'm think I'm blessed, blessed, I guess. I don't know, just in a different life stage. I wouldn't even call it blessed, but I have a partner now. So it's like he's living with me and it's kind of very different to where I was last year in lockdown, which was single and very much feeling it. Um, Mm. and so I very much relate if you are single and listening to this and you were like having a great time dating and now you're like stuck in this weird purgatory where you can only like do video chats and sort of stale park walks. Someone was telling me though, that they have a friend who went on like a park walk and like is totally with the dude now and they're like fully Mm. loved up. So park walks can work out. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I feel like they would be very like because they ha- wouldn't touch or hold hands or anything. It would just be hard to gauge. Like I, I always am touching someone when I'm on a date, like giving them a little shoulder 
towel, yeah, yeah. like grabbing them on the arm or something, uh, invading people's personal space is basically how I gauge keenness. <laughs> it's kind of like going back to some sort of weird 1950s courtship, isn't it? Because it's like going back to like your parents coming on the date with you or something, like your total G-rated. like <laughs> It's big G-rated energy. But that like is primary getting- school dating. <laughs> yeah. With like a, what, what's it called? A chaperone. A yeah. chaperone. And that yes. is what we're going to talk about today, isn't it? Being Yes, being single or being the last, the one that feels like the last single person, which is very easy to feel at this point in time. And I think we can all relate to that feeling because, you know, it's really challenging when you feel left behind in any aspect of your life, whether yeah. like everyone around you is buying their flat or everyone's having a kid or everyone's got a proper job and you're deeming your job as not in inverted commas proper. Like, it sucks when you're the last one in the race or you feel like you're the last one in the race. Yeah, totally. And I think it's like when people move in a new direction in life or when, you know, you've got your group of friends or you've got your best friend or, you know, whatever your friendship sort of situation looks like, um, whether it's a big group of friends or whether it's just like a whole bunch of different close friends, when you feel like en masse everybody moves into a new stage and you're still back. I used to call it like feeling like I'd fallen off the train of life. Like I remember when, when I remember once I was like up in um, Queensland, my friend Georgina lives up there and she was always like, we were always like chaotic single girls together and we'd like visit each other. She'd either come to Sydney or I'd go to Brizzy and we would go absolutely mental and just like go out and like hit all of the clubs and the bars, get shit faced hook up with dudes, um, wake up the next day and be like, lol, like coming home now kind of vibes. And it was just like a real chaotic time. And then she met her now husband and that like it all happened like a whirlwind. I went up there and then, you know, she has this like gorgeous little apartment with him and they're so loved up and it was a totally different experience. And I remember like lying on the floor. We still went out, got really, really wasted and That's woke up the next day hungover. Well, um, her, her friend Shannon, well, my friend Shannon as well, but her best friend, um, they went, um, Georgina and her partner went like house hunting in the morning, like they were buying a place. And we were like lying on the floor, like dead sort of rats after a, mor- a night, big night. And um, I was like, I feel like we've fallen off the train of life and they're like on it and going to the next station. And we're like back here, like lying in the grass on the side of the railroad. Like <laughs> you forgot us, you know? It was just this uh, real like thing, like a real revelation of like shit, like people life is changing. But I mean, that also it comes around, right? Because I always think by the time I'm like getting married and having a kid, I'll, all my friends will start being divorced. So hopefully like <laughs> I've come late. So, <laughs> so that'll be like divorced so with two kids and I'll be just be like, surprise, like I've finally got a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's so funny though, because it's like, I don't know, like I spent a lot of, I, I would say I was a pretty like happy adjusted single person by my 30s to a degree um like I was you know like I mean I think both of us have a similar story in a way of like having this long-term partner when we were younger and then kind of spending quite a few years like for me it was probably I would say probably 10 years with a few smaller relationships like you know three months things that just fizzled out, like where I thought Mm. it was going to be a boyfriend and then it wasn't, or it was kind of a boyfriend, but not for very long, um, but predominantly single. Um, And I think 
after like maybe like seven of those years, (laughs) I finally was like, no, I'm pretty comfortable with being single and I like my life and I want to build my life. Even if I don't have a partner, I'm not going to sit and wait for a partner to appear before I start to actually live my life. But it's still, yeah, but it's still really easy to feel left behind. Like you kind of feel a bit weird at some social events. Like if you go to like a birthday and everyone's got a partner, I remember going to like dinners, even where you go to dinners and there's like, everyone's like a couple and then there's you. And even sometimes they treat you funny. Like they talk to you differently and it's like, so what's going on, Mel, you know? Yeah. See, I also would say like, I, I think you should still make time to see your coupled up mates. Like, because the more time you spend isolated from your friends and relationships, the more left out you feel. So you get this in your head. Like I remember that where everyone's like, yeah, what's happening, Ash? Like how's the dating scene? Like are you seeing any dudes? And I was like, was that in my head? Were they even being weird? Maybe I was being weird. Maybe yeah. I spent so much time isolating myself from those coupled friends here. And I also, I'm a big fan of the third wheel. Like, I just think that's such an outdated concept. Like it shouldn't dictate how you enjoy yourself. If you want to hang out with like a couple who are cool and like it just it regardless of whether they're dating, it should still be okay to hang out with them. Like we often feel like we can't hang out with our mates if they're with their partner. Like yes. we can't be the third wheel. Like, oh, we couldn't go to the pub with like a couple, wouldn't want to crash third wheel yeah. date. Like, it's weird, what? hey. It's so outdated. Like I as I've been single for five years and have been the third wheel all the time. Like hang out with so many couple friends. I just had to get that out of my head and it was funny because as soon as I got it out of my head I stopped feeling so isolated yeah yeah I feel less judged like the couples are like there's undoubtedly couples who are acting weird and like sitting on each other's lap and stuff but most couples aren't yeah like I feel like most couples are not weird about it it's the single person that gets weird about it um I definitely feel like more uh, there was a period when Tom and I had just gotten together and my sister was single and she was living with me so there was a lot of times that she was kind of hanging out with Tom and I and she'd be like oh like I won't intrude and I'm like no one like we're not even like hugging we're literally sitting next to each other on the couch with like a one meter space between us like we're not even like that's the single person like that was always me projecting like that when I would say shit like that I'm like hi I'm gonna project my insecurity about being single really quickly in front of you too fully and it's almost like rejection it's like pre-rejection like you think that you're gonna get a weird vibe from the couple and that they're gonna want you to go away so you like excuse yourself almost in this pass ag way because you're like oh I'll preempt what you're gonna say but I, I just don't think most couples are couples that aren't like hyper insecure are going to be that way with you. But I can still kind of get the feeling because I do think if you feel, if you're lonely, if you want a partner, if you want, if you're looking for a relationship, you're looking for love. Right. And even if you're confident and you're happy in your singleness, like you can still feel like you want a relationship. Like that's, those two do not have to be like exist separately. It can be hard sometimes if all your friends are coupled up because you're sort of it's shoved in your face constantly, not even intentionally. You're just around all the time people that are happy and have found a person to like share their life with and you're still sort of looking. So I do get the shit feeling that you can get 
from being mm-hmm. the third wheel. But I also do 100% agree with you that most of the time we bring our insecurities to the table as the single person in the third wheel situation. Um, and you can have it just a really fucking good time. Like just take, I think almost take it out of your head that the people are, couple, are a couple. They're totally. your two mates, right? Like you're usually ma- really good mates with your friend and then pretty good mates with their partner depending on how long they've been together and how cool they are. And you wouldn't want to hang out with them together if they weren't a, both cool people. So just take that coupleness away and just look at it like I'm just hanging out with two of my mates, you know? And the, the whole time that I've been single, I've always just said, like, statistically, we're all going to find someone. Like, if you want someone, you will all, like, meet a partner. And if you don't want to meet someone, that's great too. But, like, dating is all about compatibility and timing and the stars aligning on those two things. Like, if you ain't got compatibility and ain't got timing at the same time, like, it's never going to work. So your time will come. And statistically, there's a lot of humans on this earth. Not right yeah. now because we're locked in our flats <laughs> and we can't really meet anyone. It's a bad time. But, I mean, that whole thing of, like, good things come to those who wait and, you know, we are taught that, like, if we strive, we will get good things and if we wait, we will get good things. It's like, well, when are we – what? This is a mixed message. Yeah. It's a weird thing, isn't it? And you know what is, I think, the weirdest thing when you start to feel like you're the only single person is how quickly that changes when you meet someone. Like, we forget that, like – you can be waiting to meet somebody slash mildly striving, I guess. I would say you should be waiting with a bit of mild striving because I, I do think if you just sit and go, I'm just waiting yeah. for this person to just pop up in my life, well, that's not going to fucking happen, is it? Like we're all like, you know, once you're out of uni, I feel, your friendship groups get quite set and then suddenly it's like where are these new people that you're going to date coming from? Like maybe you'll go to a party and you'll meet someone, but like get on those apps and use them. Yeah. Unless um, you're keen to start sleeping with someone from accounts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you've got to put some work in. Like I think that yeah. what, what shits me is when and what's like shitted me for ages is still the weird judgment around using apps and people that will be like, oh, I – like they act sort of like high and mighty. I do not use the apps because I'm waiting. I'm just – I'll meet someone naturally. And I'm like, what the fuck is that in 2021, man? I do not know a couple that didn't meet on apps at this point. Like I cannot and think literally- of a couple from the last few years that met in the last few years that they didn't meet on an app, you know? And in the past 12 months, I have been approached by one male and I was sitting there crying in a cafe and he, <laughs> he came and he's like, I just want to tell you you're beautiful. And whenever we walk past that cafe, Clutch will be like, hey, remember that guy told you you were beautiful there? <laughs> like that's how rare it happens that I remember. Yes. So whereas I went on like a million dates from Hinge. So uh, I mean, statistically, yeah, you totally. meet someone, but you've got to do it. Yeah, you've got to mildly strive, but also good things don't come to those who wait like you're not waiting you got to strive as well yeah it's a nice healthy mix of like not making it your entire focus and not like throwing all of your energy into like meeting a person because I think when you become when you start to feel shittier about being you know the single person is when all your energy and worth comes from meeting someone and I've been there like I have been in the place where Every rejection hit me harder than it should have because I had nothing else that I was interested in or focused on in my life. And sometimes it's hard. Like if you hate your job or whatever, um, it can be really hard to not throw all of your energy into dating and not think that meeting someone's going to be the like happiness answer in your life. And so I think like it's really important to find other stuff to 
like divvy your weight, your like the weight you're throwing into things up, I guess, like divvy up your focuses. So it's like whether you just want to start some weird side hustle where you're like making clay pots with rude messages on them or something. I don't know. Don't do that. That sounds horrible. I would never Stop. buy a clay pot with a rude message on it. Like hey, it just, could... in my head, it's like carved in with like a nail. It looks a like stick. a murderer's thing. <laughs> No one start that side hustle, but you know what no. I mean. Start a podcast, you know, start writing poetry. <laughs> yeah, just do do one of the, like, usual millennial, like, things that we all trot out, you know. Yeah, but it's like it really does change your energy too. Like another thing I think about when you feel eternally single, and I'm saying all of this with love because I've literally been this person. Like I do not say this with no empathy or understanding like we've been there okay we know Mm. is sometimes you almost develop this real negative energy because you're so focused I guess in two parts you're focused you're so like laser focused on finding a partner but you're also like getting really like um skeptical and almost like self-protective anger or like you know I don't know I've been at a time when I'd had enough like shit from guys that I almost put this wall up that was very like um oh I'm just expecting this date to go shit and we've talked about this before in on first dates and stuff like you know when you go in with this negative energy it really shows and I think that sometimes you can accidentally it's very slow it's a slow journey down and suddenly you're like the the sort of grumpy slash desperate woman and I've been this person (laughs) I've been both grumpy and desperate (laughs) and this is just like the whole like men are trash like is anyone else like men are trash there's no one on Bumble like hinges shit everyone is just like talk to his lame and then it's just like you need a break from dating yes you need to take and go find some other shit like that's, that's when I think you know you need other stuff to fulfill you happening in your life and so yeah exactly I think that's perfect advice is to take the break from dating. And I did this last lockdown, actually. Like I really went, I went on a few little dates and things. And I think I said this on the podcast last season, maybe. I just forget who I, like, you know what I forget, Ash, is like when I've just been telling you stuff or when I've been talking on the podcast. On the podcast. Like, did I tell everyone this or did I just tell you? But whether I'm rehashing or not, last lockdown, I was very, very single, went on a few like COVID safe dates and then just was like, you know what, fuck this. I'm just going to take an active break and just do me and I did my podcasts and I was like writing a lot of freelance stuff that I'd really wanted to write and I generally just filled my life with other stuff that I Mm. enjoyed and then when I came out of lockdown I just felt like I had this new excitement about dating and so I started dating and I just kept landing great dates because I was having like a really good time with it and so maybe they weren't even necessarily better guys it was just that my energy had shifted and I I was more open to getting to know people and less defensive and scared maybe because I'd had that time and, and now I had this really full life so it wasn't like all my eggs were in the basket of this date needs to work out because I need a partner. It was kind of like, oh, this is fun thing to do on a Wednesday night and if it works out, great, but if not, i am got heaps of shit to do, you know? Oh, and dating by nature, like that sounded sort of judgy what I said before, but dating by nature is frustrating yes. because it's not the smoothest process. Like we're dealing with people, not robots, you know, you're trying to work out compatibility with a living, breathing human being who might have shit table manners. But it's just insane that you know when you've crossed over from frustration into just utter disillusionment. 
like yes, you know yeah. yourself when you you're like wow I absolutely hate the sex I am attracted to yeah I hate them yeah like all of them yeah all of them and I think yeah I I just feel like the times when I've had the negative energy are the times that I then find well I can't find anyone they're all shit and then it's weird because when I'm when I've got good shit going on in my life that I've really cultivated like I've really cultivated my own life mm. is when I feel like things pick up again or maybe I just don't even think about it as much probably more is accurate like like I'm not as I'll go on like three week breaks from the apps and not even realize that I have um, just because I've got so much going on. I don't have time to go on a date with anyone. Um, yeah, I do really think there's something in that. I really do think there's something. And we've all sat across from someone who's got a negative energy. Like mm. you've sat across from someone. I remember going on a date with a guy that was like, he'd obviously been burned like quite a few times with the apps. Deeply. Yeah. And I remember him being like such a dick. And he was just so immediately being a dick. Like he had barely, like I'd said like, hi. And then I'd say things like, I think I was sick. And I was like, oh, like I just can't, like I, he, he drank, we drank our first drinks. And then he was like, oh, do you want another round? And I had already said to myself, I'm just going to have like one drink on this date because I'm not, I'm just recovering from like the flu or something. And I was like, oh, I've just been a bit sick. And he's like, oh, we'll just go home then if you don't want to hang out with me. And I was like, whoa, dude, what the fuck? Like it was so like, defensive like he was just ready for me to reject him and I was like you have been on too many shit dates you need to take a breather yeah you're like <laughs> Come back and- to this when you're in good place <laughs> yeah and th- that as well is like he probably walked away just from that date just being disappointed again and then on the next date he's going to project that onto the next person like yeah you really it's you're just not going to meet a person when you're in that headspace yeah and I think, like, I think I just derailed from my own combo with a whole other combo. But what I was going to say and talk more about, because I think this is so, it's it's the thing we always forget when we're single and feeling it, is that when you meet someone, that single period is over in, like, that date. Like, when I met Tom, it was like we went on our date and then, like, I guess I would give it maybe, like, a month of sort of casually dating in the sense that like I was really busy so we were kind of going out every couple of weeks we went on about three dates over like five week period and then we had like you know when you have the date where it all clicks and you're like oh my god I really like this person and then from there on you're like obsessed with each other and you're hanging out all the time and then next minute they're your boyfriend and next minute you know what whatever so it's like really once you go on the date with the person that you actually like within a few weeks usually you're in each other's pockets and then there goes all that single person time and you think why was I fucking like wasting all that time bitching and moaning because now I don't have I've, I've lost a huge chunk of my my personal time to this relationship that I love and it's great and it's it's wonderful but you still lose something like I lost a lot of time that I dedicated to other stuff and had to really like readjust my time and where I was putting all my energy into because I wanted Tom in my life in a big capacity, but I had so much going on. So, you know, I think it's really, it's not like it would be disappointing if you felt like you spent like a year just lamenting the fact you don't have a partner only to meet a partner and think, oh, well, there was so much shit I could have been doing that year, but I just spent it like looking at exes Facebook photos with their new partners from 2006 (laughs) and to that point as well 
you know, I think it's really important to give your mates a hall pass. So, like, if you've got a little single gang and it's us v them, couples versus singles, it's like survivor energy with little two camps. You didn't watch that show. I, I, I <laughs> You're ads. like, I assume that's I see, how survivor works. I, I assume this is how survivor works. So <laughs> hang on with me here, listeners. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> but as soon as someone crosses over into the other camp, you're you're just like, fuck them, they got no time for me, like were they even a true friend, nice to see when they get a partner, they drop me like a sack of sugar. It's just like, man, give them a break. Every time a friend of mine went from the single camp to the couple camp, I was like, didn't text me back for three weeks, all good, do you, boo. Like I know you've got something fresh going on because then I would expect the same courtesy when it happens to me. Like I had friends who were like salty when I got with Clash. Yeah. Because you were always the single friend. Yeah. Are you with your BF this weekend? Like, how's everything going with the BF? Like, oh my God, you just, I just assumed you were with your BF. You've been so busy with your BF. And I was just like, no, give me a break, mate. Like, like, come on. I'm still like, I'm still being a really good friend. Like, Clatch would be like, why do you, like, you're just juggling so many plates. And I'm like, because I have this eternal fear that my friends will say, oh, you with your boyfriend. Yeah, no yeah. You don't want to be the girl you that wanna... is always with her boyfriend. No, yeah. so it's hard. just got to start. Just give when mates go to the other camp, give them a tiny break. Like, and if be gracious as well if you do need to say, "Hey, I'm feeling a little bit lonely. I'm feeling a little bit left out. I'd just love to have some attention, or I'd love some one-on-one time with you." If their partner always comes, you just need to be really vocal about it, but don't do it in that disgruntled fashion where you make your friend feel bad because then you ostracize them and then they don't want to hang out with you. So you're still lonely. You're still on square lonely. So you need to sort of say to your mate how you're feeling, but also not snapping at them because it's a really weird position to be in when you're super happy and you've met someone and mates are a bit funny. Yeah. But it's also like, I did that big time when my sister, so in lockdown last year, Mel is like, that is me. I I was like, this is me. I was like, Ash, that's me. Ash, it's me. Yeah. It's me, Ash. No, no, no. I do get you because I I think I'm very, like, at least self-aware that that's my first instinct. You're like, I do this, but I know I do this. Yeah, so it's, like, slightly better. (laughs) But I hate change. I think people that hate change, this is their natural reaction. I Yeah find change really really difficult I'm going through it at the moment like Tom's living with me in lockdown obviously now we're looking at do we move in together now since we've been living together for ages and I just keep crying and I'm like I don't even know why I'm crying and it's like this weird homesickness and I started googling homesickness and actually a lot of the time when you feel homesickness it's to do with transitional periods and like change like big change in your life and like leaving behind a time and moving into another and I'm just so shit at it I'm so bad at it and so I my sister is my best friend as I think most people know on this podcast and so she and I were living at my parents last year in lockdown and we were living this really lovely wholesome idyllic kind of lockdown life like we're just walking the dog all the time and like the house is really big so we had our own space but then we also had our parents there and we're at the age now where we like our parents and it was really nice to hang out with them and yeah it was just a really nice cruisy life and we're both single and then she met her partner 
And she met him on an app and they had like maybe a couple of like COVID video dates and then lockdown started to ease and you were allowed like maybe one or two people in your house or something, whatever it happened to be. Obviously, they started to actually date by going her going to his house and then suddenly he was her boyfriend. And I was like, whoa, wait, someone took my lockdown buddy. <laughs> I do not like this because it was still it was still limited, like restrictions were still in place. They were just that you remember in that period and it was like you could have like one person to your house or like two people in a household or whatever and so it was like I couldn't go and hang out with all my friends at the pub but she wasn't there anymore and I remember like my instinct was this yucky like I want to push her away before she pushes me away with her relationship like I so you graciously were happy for her and didn't text her anything overly male emotional I was good I was good I was good because I've learned but there was a time where I really wouldn't have and I would have been a complete bitch because I was hurting and I was scared and I think really when your friends do that or when you're doing that check yourself and go why am I being like this and most of the time it's because you're fucking freaking out because uh, there's been a shift and it really happens when you are like like you you and I even to a degree like you met Clash before I met Tom so it was like Oh God, Ash was always my like single buddy, and we were always yeah. like going like on road trips and shit we together, had a, and like, we had a podcast about being <laughs> yeah. single. And then suddenly it was like you were in this really happy relationship, and you know a big part of me was so happy for you, obviously. And same with my sister, because you're good people who deserve good partner, um, and had found that. But then this other icky part of us, obviously, is selfish and is like, "Fuck you!" What? Now yeah. what am I supposed to do? And that's when you need to go. I am my own person. I can sort out my own shit. We're just redirecting here. And, you know, you just find new people to hang out with. You find new things to do. You know, it's okay. Just don't take it out on that person or try not to. Um, And then, yeah, on the flip side, then, yeah, exactly. You cop it when you meet someone. I was always the single girl. Then I had Tom and then I was with Tom and I would have, I've had friends who were like saying really fucked up shit that was like kind of, self-sabotage-y like oh he's 25 oh you know like weird yeah. shit where it's like that's your insecurity that's not my insecurity yeah. like and you you can't like I feel like you gotta it's hard from both angles like when you're the single one you yeah. know you're doing it and you can't help it and when you're the coupled up one you're just trying to manage your mate's expectations of your behavior and their behavior and you're like fuck yeah. If we all just recognize this pattern, we could all just be we like, could all sort it out. Just everyone be honest. You're being a psycho. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, dude, I am being a psycho. Anyway, back off to hinge I go. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> love to see you in love. I'll be over here on the swipe game. But then when you're in a couple, you know, it's the same deal. So if we recognize this pattern, it might make it for happier days for everyone. Yeah, and I think knowing what how the other person's feeling is a huge part of it. I find I find like empathy is like the number one thing for resolving shit because people gen- especially if you have already friends with them they're probably not a shit person so what what they're doing and what they're saying to you is probably coming from a place of fear or anxiety or sadness or hurt or whatever it is and so i think when you can recognize that you're obviously going to not let it get to you as much like i find when when people have said shit i'm also just i'm confident in my own relationship so like I was like never I never really had any insecurities about Tom's age and my age. So when people would use it as like a weird like stabby stick. Yeah, I was like, so. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think there's a few factors there, but I think 
if you are the single person, this is a really hard time. And I really get that because I've definitely been there. I think the most important thing is to just redirect the energy, like all that energy that you're putting into feeling sorry for yourself. And I say that gently about being the last single person in your group or in the world, it feels like in COVID, you know, redirect that energy into hobbies, other interests, your career, your friends, your family, whatever it may be, find stuff that fulfills you. And it's all these little pieces that come together to create your fulfillment, not a partner. Because I can tell you fucking right now, you'll get a partner and it won't fulfill you because partners are people and they can be shit. And, you know, change can, you know, brings new challenges as well as new nice stuff. Yes, it's great being in a relationship. But to me, honestly, I feel like it's same, same to being single. I am just as happy now as I was as a single person just for different reasons. And there are different things that will make me happy, you know. And I think that that was a massive revelation for me. And I was like, fuck, like, it's kind of just two sides. There's no grass is greener here. They're just two green patches. It's what you make of the grass. Oh, my God, what a metaphor. It's how you water it. Didn't didn't, um, Georgia Love said that a bit about relationships progression, but I think that's true for just generally your life. Completely. And, I mean, as well, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm happy single, like, I don't feel like the last single person on earth. Good. Great. Get it. Great. Like, (laughs) you you have done it. Like, you don't have to, like, discuss any big life decisions, you can just run your own race and then if you start getting tired and want to meet someone on the, you know, sidelines, great. Power to you. Exactly. But, yes, um, come talk to us in the group if you Facebook group were the dickhead like me who, <laughs> like, started being a shithead mm. to your single friend that got a partner. I'd love to hear about it and make me feel less shit about myself. Um, that's our Facebook group. Yes, it's Jeans and a Nice Top Podcast. You just search it on Facebook. Uh, what else can they do, Ash? What well, else can we can do? go and get bloody vaccinated so we can yes, get out of it. We're please. pro-vax podcast. We are very pro-vax uh, over here. Pro-vax out here. Let's get these shots in our arms and then let's go back to the pub and meet some honeys. A mate of mine at work <laughs> was saying she got her uh, AZ jab today and she Great. said the waiting room was wall-to-wall with babes and I thought, well, if that Hot people get back. Like <laughs> I'm booked in for Tuesday and I'm going to do my hair and I'm going to like cover my coleslaw with some concealer. Like I'm going to be not the best I am today. It's, it's all happening. It's my it's one, your one outing happening. for the day. The hair's getting done. <laughs> we are going to be back with you guys wherever you get your podcast every Friday. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye.